Game and Train is the world's first self-service mobile learning solution. We provide multiple game engines that are creative, fun, and coupled with your business. It's gamification made easy. Create, publish, analyze. Hey folks, we're going to take this opportunity today to talk about something which we're all very interested in, and that's me. What we want to talk about a little bit in this video is how I entered gamification and game-based training. And I think it's an interesting story because it kind of describes uh, a narrative that many of us that have approached the field have entered. I uh, was working in the area of biology teaching. I was working at Ryerson University and at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in various capacities in administration and teaching. And I began to use case studies uh, to teach my students the basics of anatomy and physiology. And I felt that that was a better way of teaching them than having them learn the pure factual material. Now, this certainly had nothing to do with me and everything to do with McMaster University Medical School, which in 1967 launched an innovative new program which had medical students not attending lectures, but solving real-world medical cases and using those cases as a stimulus for inquiry, introducing a system of learning called problem based learning, PBL. Now problem-based learning uh, has a great impact in the medical students' education because they're able to, from the very first year, begin to do something that they're going to have to do the rest of their life in medicine, and that is identify the gap between, uh, between what they know now and what they want to learn. So you've got to be able to bring in what we call metacognitive skills into medical education to say, geez, you know, I'd love to know this, but I don't know the answer. Where am I going to find the answer? So if you design learning in this kind of concept, you end up with a model which we call problem-based learning, or as it's practiced at the University of Calgary, case-based instruction. Now what I found as I was as teaching in this area um, is that students would look at a medical case and would order very exotic tests for each case. They were first-year medical students, so when they had someone coming in with a sore throat, to my horror, they were ordering PET scans, positron emission tomography, they were ordering crazy lab tests, all of which would have been very expensive in the real world and made no sense in the context of, uh, of the patient. It would be more reasonable, for example, to ask for a medical history before you referred them for a positron emission tomograph. So I began to use this, and so I wanted to discipline the students' learning. So what I did is I invented a game called $1,000. Every test they ordered in order to solve the case cost them $100, and every treatment they wanted to give cost them $100. They could see as many patients as they want, but they had a budget of $1,000 to do it. What astounded me is that within weeks, the students began to function like physicians. Suddenly, we had an economy of thinking. They had limited actions that they could take to obtain information and limited actions to act on that information, so they began to use an economy of thought, what we call efficiency or cognitive efficiency in forming a map of the patient experience. So I, I, I continued to work with this, and I found that over the years, as I used it with different cadres of students, that we found identical results. Students not only were solving problems more efficiently and learning the basic anatomy and physiology faster than they had before, but they were happier. Suddenly, my classroom, which had been a kind of interesting and somewhat animated place, with me yakking for hours at a time about pathology, suddenly the classroom was alive. People were yelling in excitement and talking to each other, engaging. And I said, my goodness, this is powerful as a learning strategy. Then what happened is that I had permission as I moved into Ryerson University and started teaching nursing and midwifery degree students, I had the opportunity to develop my course into a full game. 
I was not alone at this point. Uh, I had a lot of mentors that were in the European board gaming community. And I, at this time, we didn't have Facebook. We hardly had anything but message boards. So we were able to speak to each other and form a gaming community. And from them, I learned a lot of the developments of gaming and designed many games for uses in classes I was teaching. In my first full year gamification, I produced a course called Healer's Quest, in which you had to level a specific character in the medical sciences up by using different point mechanisms and different rewards. We'll talk more about how these have been implemented in more recent course launches at Mount St. Vincent's University, Ryerson University, Baycrest Health Sciences, and other folks here in Canada actively engaged in game-based learning research. But remember, this is a very primitive time, so I used a very magical metaphor where people were healers having to receive uh, suffering patients, and they could have easy cases, uh, medium cases, or more difficult cases, all with different levels of reward. The long and the short of it is, I had to hire two teaching assistants. We walked around the classroom with, tech, with books of emergency case studies. We covered the books in a special wrapping material so students couldn't see what book it was and go to the U of T medical bookstore and buy it themselves to have the answer. This is the level of technology we were working with at the time. And what I began to learn is that students became highly, highly engaged. And I'm going to give you two examples of cases where student engagement was very high as a result of this change in teaching strategies. One of them was a fellow I'll call P, who had arrived uh, from Pal uh, Palestinian-occupied territories. He had been a Jordanian soldier and had arrived in Canada to frankly turn his life around and to try to move out of a cycle of poverty. So his English was not that strong and his academic skills were not that strong. And I had this student in my biology course in the first term at Ryerson and he got a C and that was nearly killing himself. It was interesting because I used to smoke at the time, I've quit smoking since, but I used to meet him outside and he was a smoker as well, so on our breaks we would sit outside, have cigarettes together and talk about life. That's how I learned about his background and him coming to Canada. Well, what was interesting is that when I did the game-based version of the course in the next term, it turned out that the student, P, who I mentioned, is now in my class again, of all things, to take the second level of physiology and anatomy. But this time it was a game-based course. Now, he had been a medic in the army, in the Jordanian army. So when it came time to solve emergency medical cases, he assumed a command position in his tutorial group of six students. They began to look for him for leadership and advice, and it just brought something out of him, a passion for learning. And he got a B plus in the course. He raised an entire grade. Now we were grading using multiple choice exams. Uh, we were using the same criteria we might use in any other university course. But here was someone who, despite the fact that they'd faced incredible hardship in their life, was going to be beaten down by our way of, pa of a passive instruction, arose to the occasion through active learning and was able to do phenomenal work. There's one other case that comes to mind, and that is people that don't like gamification and game-based learning. And let's try to assuage some of your concerns about this by another example from that same course. In the next iteration of the game-based Healer's Quest, uh, we had a group of midwifery students. And one of them uh, really objected strenuously when I introduced the game. Remember, this is before apps and higher technology, so they got a 25-page manual to learn to play it unplugged in the classroom. It only takes about 15 minutes to explain the game, but the manual was a complete rule set. Anyways, this midwife looks at the complete rule set and says, I don't want to play any games. I came to university to study for a profession, and this seems like trivial nonsense to me. 
Now, I don't know if you know a lot about the midwifery profession, but they tend to be in what we call more on the organic, holistic view. They are really not people likely to be interested in things like competition, tend to be more interested in cooperation, tend to be more interested in social connection. So, of course, in game-based learning that we'd implemented here, we had teams of students working together in a group to solve these virtual cases using game mechanics. So, in a way, we met her needs in terms of socialization and exploration and learning. So I said to her, and we'll call her M, we said to M at the time, M, forget about the game. You came to university to help babies, didn't you? And she said, yes, I'm here for midwifery. And she had a whole group of midwives with her. I said, then forget about the game, just save babies. All I'm going to give you is sick children and mothers that are uh, pregnant and in need of medical help. And all I want you to do is help them. Practice that and you'll learn your skills. I said, okay, fine. The heck with your game. I'll do what you ask. Fast forward four months later, guess who won the game? Our group of midwives, headed up by M. She got one of the highest grades in the course, which taught me something really valuable. This taught me that if effective learning game, what we called coupled instruction, that is where the game is linked to a simulation of what you have to do on the job, and we gamify the simulation, you can forget about the game and enter the simulation and therefore develop your skills. In our next broadcast, we're going to talk a little bit about simulation, the research in simulation, and how eventually this becomes what we call simulation and advanced gaming environments, which leads off to a fantastic research program that covered a five-year period in Canada, $3 million grant from the federal government. We'll talk about how our research emerged from that point. I think my narrative journey and how I became convinced that gaming was a useful way of approaching university undergraduate education began my career as a game-based learning designer. Until then, keep on looking up. Game and Train, mobile, self-authored, gamified. Check us out at GameandTrain.com.